Um, it's so cool to see so many new faces this morning. It really is. And um, just as Mike said now, I really, um, I just want to say again this morning, you guys are more than welcome here. Um, this is, we would say, is a really big family. Uh, we don't necessarily see ourselves just as a congregation that actually meet together once a week and say hi and bye, and maybe there's a little bit of teaching, a little bit of worship, but truly it is. It's, uh, we, we, we would often say that you don't have to be mad to live here, but it does help. Okay. Um, if you look around us, we always say that it must be God, because if you look at the... <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've got amazing people around us. Um, and so please, if it's your first time you're with us, uh, we're doing things slightly different this, mor- this morning. But the heart of that is to not do things differently. It's really to follow God and what we feel He's actually saying this morning. And so as we prayed this morning, we, there, it was evident that uh, the Lord was just on an aspect um, that He really wanted to actually, uh, it feels like, just touch on this morning. And so I'm really excited about that. It feels like in many ways, you know, when you've prepped for something and then the prepping and the uh, confirmation, and just as you pray and there's a witness amongst us, that it just feels like it imparts just a little bit of faith. And we know that actually you just need the faith of a mustard seed, really. Um, and so it turns from muster, having trying to do it within ourselves, to mustard, mustard seed. And um, I'd love to actually uh, pre- pre- preach on that sometime. But um, this morning, yes, Elijah, you are tall, right? What's going on here? Um, it's, it's, it's actually all right. It's actually okay. Thanks, Martin. That's fine now. I'm not so short. Um, well done, you guys. Eh? We threw them under the bus big time. They arrived here with a full set list, and then we said to them, hey, guys, what about open the ha- eyes of our hearts? <laughs> and to anyone who's prepped in a certain direction, and then someone says, lastman.com, hey, I'm so sorry, but like, can you just do this song? Are we not going to worship before? We're going to worship after? That's like a little bit of like a, you know, a moment for people. So, um, yeah, well done, guys. It's a, you, you dealt with it well. Um, Martin had also prepped to preach this week, um, and, <laughs> and that's not happening either. So I'm sure that it'll actually be, as I look at actually what he prepped, we looked, we looked at it just making sure, God, are we missing this? Or is, do I need to preach? Does he need to preach? How do we best follow you this morning? Because we're not just going off a set list of, well, it's Martin this week and me this week. And the, we really are trying to follow the Spirit of God. And as he moves, that's when we move. And so this morning it was like, actually Martin had prepped to preach, but we both brought it and ready and actually going, God, what do you want to do? Because ultimately we can keep drumming away at this thing and hoping that it's, it works, but ultimately we, we need God. We need God. Um, and so this morning, uh, I really would love to, uh, did all the kids go, first of all, sorry. Okay, cool. Okay, that's good. They're bright enough in their greens uh, <laughs> to be an attraction, but anyway. Father God, I pray that just as this morning, as we look at your word, Lord, that you do exactly that. Father, that you open the eyes of our heart. Um, It's the very thing that you've laid upon my heart to share um, this morning, God. And I do pray that that we would come to a true understanding um, of who you are and how you desire for us to live in light of that, Lord. And so... um, Open your word to us, God. I do pray that you would use me as a mouthpiece this morning just to convey your heart to your people and that we would be forever changed, Lord, um, for it, that we would not remain the same, but that we would move from glory to glory uh, in displaying who you are to a lost and to a broken world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Awesome, awesome. So this morning, I want to preach on... Yeah, you can move this, please. I'm a, I'm a mover, so things might go uh, 
might go, my wife always tunes me for dragging my feet, but I'm going to try and not drag my feet and try and not trip over cables. Thanks, Martin. Um, let me do that. And I can. So this morning, I'd love to preach on what it looks like to know Him, to know Him. And um, I'm going to bring up a scripture that actually the Lord laid on my heart last week, uh, where it says, uh, in Ephesians 1.15, and you can put that up, Josh, you can put the whole thing up, it's from 13 all the way to 19, we're going to work through that passage of Scripture this morning, and, um, and then I'm going to point out, and, and can I say this, like I'd, I'd prep to probably only preach this maybe next week, uh, so if all the, jo- the dots aren't joined, please have a little bit of grace, okay, but we're going to follow God, and actually what I believe He wants to say to us this morning, and that's to show uh, just an aspect of Himself that um, and, and really actually for us to know Him, uh, what it looks like to know Him. So actually we're going to go to Ephesians 15. Um, there we go. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom of revelation in the knowledge of Him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. And that's what I actually picked up on last week was actually it felt like in many ways as a congregation, we're growing to the point and uh, to, to the point where we actually starting, it was amazing, you know, Carl this morning is like, hey, Mike, would you like coffee? And it's so cool because I think, you know, maybe the first time he came here, we were the one going, hey, Carl, do you want some coffee? you know, and I was, I just stood there for a second, I thought, that's so cool, that's so cool, you know, and that after eight months, we have to fight for a seat, and uh, that we're getting offered coffee, and it's a beautiful picture, as the Lord is adding to us, to the crazy family, that um, uh, in many ways, it's, it's so cool just to see the growth, and actually in people, and um, so this morning, as we touch on the scripture, I'm hoping that actually the, the main point of this is for us when things creep in and become mundane, like the, the, the goings of church and the thing of, oh, really, do I have to go to church on Sunday? That it would become actually life to us, man. That there would really be a true, a true life that would come. There would be an expectancy and excitement in our hearts that actually as we think about church and seeing the greater family and what God might do amongst us, that there's a sense in us that, man, I don't want to miss it. I cannot miss it. God, what will you do this week? And it just feels like whenever God's done something, I mean, just think to a moment in your life when God's done something and established something like that, and the person that's sitting next to you now wasn't there, and you're just like, oh, how do I explain this, man? Like, how do I bring someone in on this? And, and, uh, and it really is, he, I feel like he wants to actually open the eyes of our hearts this morning. And so that scripture, if you're reading out of the NIV, verse 17, where it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. The NIV actually says, so that you may know Him better. And I just love how plainly and simply that puts, so that you may know Him better. And so, Father, I pray this morning, God, just as we look at this scripture and what you've placed um, it just, yeah, within me today, God, that as we look at this, God, that we would come to realization that you desire to know us, and your desire is that we would come into the fullness of who you've called us to be, and so, Lord, I, I pray that that's what you do amongst us and in our hearts today, Lord. 
open the eyes of our hearts. And um, if we look at that scripture, it's actually important to realize, and that Paul is speaking to the Ephesians, and the church in Ephesus is not necessarily actually in a bad place. He's actually commending them, where he says, uh, I'm commending you for your faith in God and your love for one another. In many ways, it's almost like he's going, well, you're actually fulfilling one of the greatest commandments, you know, uh, is to love me and to love one another. And, and so you've got to get the picture. These guys are not necessarily in the worst place. There are worse churches out there, okay? Um, and he's addressing them like this. And then he says, I remember you in my prayers. And then he gives them a little bit of an insight as to what those prayers actually look like. He says, may the Father of glory give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Um, I love that, man. And, and it's, it's actually, as I looked at this a little bit closer and I started to pick this apart over this week, um, when he says the spirit of wisdom, um, so if you look in Isaiah, actually Isaiah 11, he speaks about the seven spirits of God. And actually, he's not speaking about, in this sense, he's not speaking about the Holy Spirit. He's actually, actually asking, inquiring of God for the church in Ephesus, Lord, give them a spirit of wisdom. And, and as I considered that, I was like, wow, spirit of wisdom, what, why? why? Why the spirit of wisdom and revelation? It's like, you're doing well, but actually, your, uh, God's desire is for you to know Him, to know Him. And so, you, you're doing well. I'm going to say Ace of Intain. You may know God. We may know God. We may, uh, there's an aspect of life amongst us. We're seeing people come to us. We're seeing God change hearts and lives. And that's awesome. But his desire is to be known and for you to know who he really is. And so he gives, he prays for them, and he, pr he prays that, that they would receive a spirit of wisdom. And um, it's incredible. He said in Ephesians 1.13, we skip back a couple, it proves this, because he says, actually, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So they actually have been sealed in the promised Holy Spirit, and yet he's still praying for a spirit of wisdom. Uh, it's so cool. And, and can I say this? It's like, if, if we could sum it up in a nutshell, is that the people of God would start to understand and know the ways of God a little bit better. And so, so that's why he imparts a spirit of wisdom. And that, can I say that that will be, the outworking of that will be a work of the Spirit. <laughs> the Spirit of God. It has to be. Because uh, that is part of, if you try and muster that in yourself, yeah, you go, no way. You cannot just be a better Christian. I wish it was that easy. But it's actually as we remain in step with Him, as we remain in Him, as He is in us, we begin to bear the fruit. Is this making sense? Okay. Awesome. And so as we grow in our understanding, um, I, I was kind of just asking God, what's the best illustration? And I, uh, to make it practical, I don't know about you guys, but I, when, when there's just too many words and too many scriptures, I kind of get a little bit lost. Um, so this morning, uh, maybe the illustration I'd like to use for this is that I am Judah's father. I'm the father of Judah. Okay, Judah's the one, one year, three month old blonde kid running around here somewhere. Um, and uh, if he's making a lot of noise, please, please have grace for him. <laughs> but uh, it's something we encourage amongst us. We want them to grow up uh, amongst us in family. And so um, he, I am his father, and I know he's my son. Uh, I was there. I was speaking to him in the womb already when Stacey's stomach was this big. 
uh, I was speaking to him already and, and praying over him and, um, you know, even starting little conversations and just wondering, you know, what, it, what he was going to grow up to be like. And, and then it comes to the stage, you know, where I remember the day he was born. I try sometimes forget about certain aspects of how scary that was. Um, I remember the t- first time his eyes opened and the first time it was his, you know, his first birthday. Those are the things I remember. And so I know that he is my son. And yet in Judah's infancy, as a baby, he's coming to the understanding that I'm his father. And so there's an, uh, there's an element of, okay, I, you're around a lot. Uh, I've come to, like, you know, I know that's my mom. Somehow they're just, the, you know, <laughs> like it's a sickle we're having at the moment. It's like, you know, it's all about mom, man. Eh? This week, ah, anyway, the Lord's dealing with the rejection and the, yeah. <laughs> The very real things he uses kids for, huh? um, and uh, and so he knows his mom, but but he's still coming to understanding of actually who I am, and as a father. And so there's times where I actually don't think he will ever fully comprehend the love that I have for him. I don't think he will actually, um, yeah, he doesn't know the the depth of my love for him. He doesn't actually know the the importance of actually when I discipline him, it's because I love him. He's just going, Dad, you're ruining my fun, man. Like, I'm, I'll get, you know. And, and I want to say, this is much like our relationship with God. It's like, we know you are a father, but we actually don't understand the full depth of the love that he has for us. He doesn't, we don't always understand that actually when he comes to discipline us, that there's an element of, well, I'm doing this for you, actually. I discipline those whom I love. And we need to come to realization that we are growing in the grace and the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And that's what he's saying here. And uh, I realized this, this week, actually, just as fathers, maybe just to touch on, I was trying to, trying to just give a little bit of room for, you know, this is God's word, but he's also working in and amongst us as a body here. And just for, for those who are parenting and for fathers and for mothers, I felt like, man, the Lord opened my eyes yesterday to the, open the eyes of my heart to the, actually everything that I'm doing is setting a precedent for actually maybe how he will see the father one day. And, and it just hit me, I was like, oh my goodness, God, like, I've got a serious responsibility. I have a serious responsibility. Because actually, as I look at him, if I'm just grumpy and never having a fun moment, and I'm shutting him down, and I'm breaking his spirit, and, I, you know, all of a sudden, he grows up looking at the father and going, she's only, you know, he's this lording over, he's actually not the father, the, I mean, the friend. There's no friend aspect. Like, I'm hard to, it's hard to relate all of a sudden. And so for moms and dads, I want to encourage you guys, like, don't overlook maybe even the things that we are um, set, the precedent that we're setting for our kids, because in many ways, we're actually teaching them and training them and investing in them for what's to come and how they'll actually view and train and teach. Um, And uh, yeah, I hope that makes sense. There is a book uh, called The Compass of the Heart. And I actually wanted to encourage us, if you're looking for a good read, there's a lot of dodgy stuff out there. You know, we always say that the top 10 sellers, if you go to uh, um, uh, Kum Books or any other books, bookstore, uh, Louise probably will be able to tell us more about this. But generally, it's like, they're, they're mainly about you. <laughs> okay, it's all about, you know, you and God. And, and, but, but the focus and the thing is on God, I mean on you. And we warned about this because actually in the last days, people become lovers of themselves. And so be careful actually what we are putting in, because ultimately it's going to determine the fruit that comes too. 
And so there's an element of, like, actually be careful what we are chewing on all the time. Um, I can't expect Judah to grow up healthy if I'm feeding him uh, wine gums. Um, and not all the time. All the time. Okay. I don't want to crush, break his spirit either, yeah? <laughs> okay. But, uh, but there is an element of just, let's just be careful with what we're putting in. We spoke about it again as leaders this morning. The, the, the devil's masquerading. So it will look... It will look very similar, very, very similar. And so I, don't, I wanted to actually get a picture of the compass of the heart, but we didn't get time for that. But it's a book by Angela Verena, who we know, love, and trust. Um, she really is, she's actually a, a counselor by trade, but a Christian counselor. She knows and loves Jesus. And she said this in her book. She says, true maturity is learning actively to turn away from the horizontal solution for the need. Okay? I'm going to qualify this. Um, which we try to find in people and turn to the vertical solution, which is found in looking up to the Lord, hearing His voice, His opinion, and His plan. And, and there is an element that actually, you know, when we say when every big decision, like if Elijah had to come to me now and says, yes, Mike, I'm thinking of moving overseas. It may be God, but it might not be. And it may even have all the godly things attached to it, but remember the devil is masquerading. He's looking. He's looking for a way to sideline him at any given moment. And so there, there is a safety in actually going, okay, what does God's word say? The G. What does his people say? The P. And the S is his spirit. Is there a witness in us? And that's the GPS. That's how we actually are orientating ourselves the whole time. It's a safety net. And so when, when, um, when I've forgotten what I was actually saying here. Vertical solution, yes. Okay, so when we stop relying on this, for the things she picked up on there, the voice, the opinion, and the plan. I can tell you right now, we always say opinions are like armpits. Everyone has them. Some of them stink. Okay. And actually, people's opinions get jaded very quickly, especially when there's envy and jealousy. And why are you going overseas? Man, I'd love to go overseas. You know? And, and so we've got to be careful with these things because people are, we're broken vessels. And broken people break people. That is it. And so we rely on the vertical. Is that it? Horizontal. Vertical before the horizontal. Always a good discipleship key when someone brings something. What is God saying? And then this is what I think. Never this is what I think and go and ask God. <laughs> because they've just rele- you've just built around yourself. And you pop off tomorrow or the Lord calls you somewhere else and then people are, the sheep are bah. Sorry, I shouldn't have made the noise as well. Okay, so... (laughs) Should have. Okay. We are encouraged to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so in 2 Peter Peter 3... um, Mike, do you want to share that that picture that you had? Yeah, yeah, I was praying this morning, and God just showed me a picture. Like It was almost footprints in the sand, and they're quite easy to follow. But as soon as a wave comes, shoop, the footprints are gone and, and they disappeared. But see, then he showed me a picture. And you know, like when you're walking in the mountain, there's this um, footprint painted on a rock and you follow those up. But this wasn't a, just a painted footprint. It was actually a footprint that was embedded in the rock. And that's only, only God can do that. I mean, we can all paint a little picture on a rock, but only he can sort of embed his footprint. And that's how we know it's him. Um, that's just the sense that I, yeah, that I got from this morning. Cool. Very cool. 
Very, very cool. So this will make a little bit of sense later. But as he shared it this morning, uh, it was so cool because there was just a witness amongst us that God was doing something and was evident. And, uh, and the Lord led me to the scripture. It's in Matthew 16, 16. You guys will know it. Um, but Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Um, and this morning, I, you know, was part of actually my preach was in 2 Peter 3. Peter, the one on whom Christ is building his church, the rock, uh, there's a sure foundation. Um, there is a sure foundation, and, he sa- and Peter comes in 2 Peter 3, um, and he starts, it's not the scripture I've given you, but it's, it's coming. Uh, he starts to stir them up in a way of a reminder. He says, no, 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 you understand this, the life that you're living now is not actually eternal. It's coming to an end at some stage, okay, and he starts to remind them, the, do- the day of the Lord is coming. Be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace without spot or blemish, and at peace. And, and, and obviously, um, not obviously, there may be here those amongst us this morning, and you've got no reference to the Bible or the Word. Spot or blemish was actually, uh, you know, when, the, when you would, the Israelites would actually bring sheep uh, to the, the high priest for a sacrifice. Uh, and it was to be found without spot or blemish, that actually resembling sin. And that's what he's asked of us, is to be, there's, a, there's a, a measure of righteousness and holiness that's within us, that we are to be those sheep that are found without spot, uh, spot and blemish, that actually the church that, and the bride that he's returning for is the one without spot or blemish. And so there is a sense of us readying, making sure that we are ready, readying the bride, readying ourselves, being a part of what he's doing here. That's why I cannot just be become, uh, given my life to the Lord, I attend church and then, well, I'll see you next Sunday cannot be that, that there's an active part, there's an active part of actually us working alongside God, being His hands and feet to do the thing that He's called us to do. Uh, he's in, actually entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's a privilege, eh? Have you ever considered that? Like you actually, if you've come to know Christ, that's what, that what He's placed inside of you, where He said, I've removed the heart of stone, I've given you a heart of flesh, and I've put my spirit inside of you. That very message that you carry is life-changing. Don't underplay it, hey? Let's not underplay that. It is the life-giving message. That is what it's about. It wasn't meant to be confined to just Jesus himself. He said, now I entrust you the message of reconciliation. Okay, so verse 17 and it's interesting, actually, in, in this um, passage, you can read 2 Peter 3, it's just, there's so much in there, but it says, Peter refers back to Paul's wisdom in the same matters. So we've just been reading Paul in Ephesians, and he's just talking about the exact same thing. No, no, no be, be careful, the, end of the, the day is coming, be ready, make sure you're ready. And uh, I was actually sent a clip this morning, maybe we can just play it quickly, Josh, um, that I was actually quite deeply impacted. Maybe some of you guys have seen it, my mom sent it to me, she just had guys... Uh, some of her friends come back from, from Israel, 
And if you've heard about just some of the stuff happening in Israel at the moment, uh, it's quite hectic. <laughs> it is quite hectic. And so let's just watch this. It never works the first time. You get what he's saying? Okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll, I'll, what I can do is I've got the video on my phone. Will it work on a mic or will it start going if I switch my airplane mode on? Let me see if I can do that. Pardon the interruption, guys, but I do want to actually play this. Okay. <coughs> do you think you'd be able to get it sorted? No, no, no. I'm just saying, otherwise, I can try and carry on and come back to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> nice try, Zach. Nice try, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Let me see. Let me see. Maybe I can. Um, okay. Cool. Let's try this. You press play. And I'll press play. <laughs> and then you'll have the vert. <laughs> Spirit of wisdom. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one. This to me, this man who started his kingship at age eight, who then went for 31 more years reforming the land to the degree that we have not seen anybody else do, yeah. is that he dedicated his life to reforming the church, not the lost. Let that sink in while 12 mind-blown emojis pop up on your social media. His life was dedicated to reforming the body of Christ, in essence. The bombs are going off behind me right now. You can hear it. We're living in the last time, in the last age. You don't have time anymore to say it's not my job. We don't have time to live in complacency and say we love Yeshua on a Sunday or on a Wednesday but then go live like the world and hide in complacency every time you've been called to speak the truth in love. And those who don't know, those who are sitting there when these sirens go off and may lose their life today, will spend an eternity separated from the Father. Reform begins today and it begins with you. And all he's asked you to do is stand for him. Stand for him the way he died for you with his head held high, saying, that is my son. Just as we're called to say, he is my father. Mark 8.36 says, For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Today's your day. Today's your day to choose. I don't know about you, but I found that quite impacting this morning as I watched that. And, I, you know, the, the first thought that comes to mind is like, you know, where he said, just all he's asking you to do. 
is just to stand for him. <laughs> just to stand for him. Like he stood for you with his head held high. And if we actually truly have an understanding of what that looks like and what he's called of us, you cannot remain the same. <laughs> you cannot remain the same. It's a, it's a high call. It's a costly call. But it's a worthwhile call. Knowing that actually we're not of this world. We're still in it. But we're not of it. We're actually passing through. And um, I, I'm praying that the, that would actually become that he would enlighten the eyes of our heart this morning. That this would become a deeper thing than just, oh, that was, you know, that was challenging. I hope it's challenging. But I hope that actually you position yourself this morning. That as this, the sword of the Lord, the word, comes. That we don't try and avoid it. <laughs> you can see quite quickly when guys just try and avoid the word. But fall on that sword this morning. I hope it cuts. I hope it actually cuts because it's actually, it's cutting the very fleshy things away from us. Once that's gone, once we passed all the riffraff and what's left, that's actually what the world needs. That's what the world needs. Okay. <clears throat> this morning, um, as I was considering this video, I don't want to just like go through the preach. I was going through this video and I said, you know what, I said to the team this morning, what is more dangerous the bombs falling in the background, that's actually brought a realization to us that actually, wow, it could be any moment. Or being in an amazing coastal town like this, where the pleasures of the world and the comforts, um, all those things that you've, the, those habits that we formed because it's just a lack of life. <laughs> what's more important? I mean, what's more, what's more dangerous? I think it's actually the, the latter. I think it's the comforts of life. And actually, as people of, in this town, I want to call us to wake up. To wake up. Because actually everything in this town would point towards, oh, we've, co we've come to make a life for ourselves. We've come to build a nice house. We've come to, actually, you're picking up your life. And Jesus said, you pick up your life, you'll lose it. Lose it for my sake, you find it. And so you will, that's the element of peace. It won't be there if that's what you're chasing. There's no peace in that, only pleasure. <laughs> and it's this, and it's, you, you live it for this long, and then for the rest of eternity. Sure. God, that you would do that. I, I'm speaking to myself here this morning. I hope you guys know that. That actually, I, I feel like even in myself this week, somebody needs to be waked up to the reality, woken up to the reality of, God, let me not fall into a position where I'm comfortable in a town and I'm starting to seek the things of the world and the comforts and the things that are all cushy now. <laughs> One day, my desire is that I should be able to lay crowns at your feet. Crowns at your feet. Because of, I've actually fulfilled some of, what you, some of what you've asked me here on earth. And my desire extends to you guys too <laughs> in that. <clears throat> so in verse 17, is this okay? Verse 17, 2 Peter 3, 17, it says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you do not carry, not get carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. To lose your own stability. Is, verse 18 is an encouragement, though. It says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is why it cannot become that, well, I've come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And well, I've got my fire insurance, and so for that last day, I think I'm going to be okay. He desires to know. He desires for us to know Him intimately. 
It would be so boring if Judah was born and, oh, okay, well, he's my son now. But we never did life together. We didn't do things. He didn't see, I didn't see him grow up. I didn't see all these attributes of, the attributes I like. You know, Jesus could probably look down and go, oh, I love that. Because I can see that's, that's me. Sometimes when I look at Judah now and I go, oh, heck, that's me. <laughs> like, no, Lord, why can't, you know, why can't he take that attribute of mom, you know? And all the parents are going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so if we continue, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we actually, for those who have known Jesus long enough, you're continually growing. You have never arrived. We will only arrive one day when we, uh, when we fully know. Um, that time will come, but we are, whilst we're here, we are forever growing. And so if we continue reading in, in Ephesians 18, 19, um, it's clear that Paul actually wants us to grasp three distinct things. It's amazing. Straight after the prayer, he says, Lord, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and then goes, boom, straight into this. What is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the immeasurable greatness of of His power towards us that believe. Those are three incredible statements. I mean, I, I honestly thought, as I was prepping this, I thought, I should probably end here, actually, because there is so much in this. And, and as I, I, th- I think I actually just do want to, is everyone still okay? Because I'm happy to actually end it there if we need to, if we actually feel like there may be a response or we want to worship God and actually respond out of that place. But it might be good to actually just go over these three briefly, and maybe we'll touch it in more depth in time to come. Um, but what is, so let me simplify it, if you guys are taking notes, hope of our calling. What is the hope of your calling? And it's a question I want to ask us this morning. What is the hope to which he has called you? It's an incredible thing, eh? It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, the light's on, and you're deer in the headlights. What is the hope to which he has called us? It's, a, it's sometimes a hard one to, and we need to, we need to actually have this in us, because we actually, when someone asks, we need to be, we need to give an account of the hope that's within us. So, um, you know, we read, a, we read just now where it says, take care, okay, don't be carried away, and, um, and don't lose your stability, and um, I want to use a story to kind of depict this, you know, I used to work on the yachts. I was very unsaved. I was working in Greece at the time on a, on a big super yacht. Um, and I was in charge for one of the nights for, for an anchor watch. And, you know, with, with an anchor watch, you are uh, basically everyone's sleeping. And you're in charge of the boat. And it's not like the mechanics of the boat. And it's not the, it's all, it's actually your primary goal is to make sure that you do not drift during the night. And, and um, they, what's cool about the, the kind of boat and the money that was put in was the fact that there was certain systems in place that helped with that. And so I remember the one night I'm sitting there. It wasn't the only night, but we would take it in shifts as crew. And I remember standing there, I mean, sitting there the one night, and I was just flicking through photos and some uh, videos that I'd taken that day. And, and um, all of a sudden, the alarms go off. Deet, 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 deet. But I mean, now the alarm's going off on the boat. So it's woken the whole crew. Because you, there's no ways that you can man this boat alone. It's woken the whole crew. And I, and I remember this, like, this feeling within myself going, oh, my goodness. Is it ju- has it just gone off? Because you set like a perimeter. And as soon as the boat drifts outside of that perimeter, the alarm goes off. And I remember thinking, 
Lord Jesus. <laughs> I didn't even know him. It's amazing how you call on him, eh? Uh, something as we created, it's actually there. <laughs> anyway, different topic, different preach. Um, but uh, there, there was an element of, I don't know how this is going to go. Like and now, now the whole crew's woken up, and we're trying to figure how far have we drifted, and it's pitch black. It's in the dark. It's about three, four in the morning, and, uh, and now we're wondering, oh, my goodness, okay, because it's not like you've got mal- uh, grease. It's not like we have mountains to gauge off and stuff. It's, it's shallow rocks, and you actually just don't know when you're going to hit, and so I remember that whole night. It's like, for some reason, the way we had thrown the anchor, it would just drift. It would drift. No matter where we placed this thing, it was like we'd haul it up, start the engine, move over there, throw it over, and we'd drift, and we sat the we sat that night with these alarms going off. It's the most disconcerting thing. And I want to say, our hope in God is not like that. Our hope in God is not like that. <laughs> it is a sure thing. It says Hebrews 6.19, we can read it together. This hope we have as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It's a sure thing. It's steadfast. It is immovable. It is not shifting. That needs to be within us. And sometimes we need to tell ourselves that <laughs> when you forget it. This anchor, it is sure, it is steadfast, it is immovable, it's not shifting, it's not going to shift. As I place my hope in you, God, and what is that hope? Is that there's a conviction behind God will do what He has said. God will do what He has said. And there's a confidence in Him fulfilling His promises, promises towards us. That is the hope. That is the hope. Okay. And Uncle Will always used to say, you'll, we'll watch a video of him some stage, he was a, a catalyst in us coming to know God, and he was, uh, he's passed away now from cancer, but he, he would often say, when you do not know what to say about the unknown, restate what you know about the known. And so that my hope is steadfast, it's immovable, God. You said it's like an anchor, it's a sure thing. The fact that you will come for me one day, that you came, you died, you were buried, but you rose <laughs> for me. And that you say, he says that you're preparing a place and that you will come back for me one day. I saw a quote this week where it says, if you have been reduced to God, maybe if this is for someone here this morning, if you have been reduced to God being your only hope, you're in a great place. You're in a great place. <laughs> so that is the hope of your calling. What is the glorious inheritance? And it's amongst us too, which is cool. It's in the saints, which is an epic thing. And when I say saints, it's not saints and leaders and pastor and it's saints. It's amongst us, us as, together as a congregation and actually those that we know, who know and love Jesus. Okay. It says, uh, how cool is this? We, not, we do not only belong to Christ, but now he's actually brought us within family. He's added us, added us to family. It's like, I didn't know Peter, but as we get to know him, it's like, oh my goodness. This is someone that we, we actually share something of, like, there might be aspects of our life that are completely different, but we share one thing, <laughs> and that, I, that is that I know He loves God, and I love God, and so from that point, man, we're family. There might be disagreements and things along the way and stuff we need to journey. Jeepers, if you find a place that you don't do that, I, I'm not sure that it's God. <laughs> Serious. Uh, because it says, iron sharpens iron. Um, but it's, it's incredible. We get brought into family, and now it's, all of a sudden I have a brother that I never had before. We've got sisters, mothers, fathers. Very cool. Are you as excited about this as I am? 
It's just checking. Okay, cool. It's okay to say amen every now and then or like agree or, you know. Okay, Philippians 1, 7, it says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all. This is Paul. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart and for you are all, for you are all partakers with me of the grace. How kiff is that? It's like all of a sudden Paul's having this moment. He gives instruction, encouragement, warnings, and then he just has this moment where he goes, it's right for me to feel about you all this way, you know? Like, I carry you in my heart, man. It's like, Peter, I don't yet know everything about you, but yes, it's so cool to get to know you, man. Like, seriously, I feel like I've got a brother, you know? And there's this, this element of Paul just going, wow, what a blessing this is, eh? And... Um, I, <laughs> To, to illustrate this, you know, like we, was, we had testimonies last week, and I'll move quickly now, where things happen amongst us, even since planting here, that I think we've celebrated, but man, I'm not, not 100% sure if we've seen yet the full outworking of that. Divan and Sunay that were here last week, and he got up in front and said, I felt like things were actually derailing me, and, and God just shifted my heart. It's like we go, Yoo! and in the spiritual, that, I mean, that... That could be bigger than we ever know. I do believe he's not here. Anyway, maybe not listen to, maybe I won't say it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> giveaway. Um, and, and, you know, so there's an aspect of actually your win is my win. Your loss is my loss. And if we truly feel that within us, then it will feel like family. It's like Mike and Tam, we just get in the house now. Like, oh, God, it feels like, it was like, finally, it's a win, you know, but it's been a loss, 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 loss. And now, God, thank you so much, you know, they're moving finally into the town, and, and we, have a, we have them in the town. Thank you for the house, but they're in the town. Um, and there's an element of excitement, it's our win. And I remember early days, Josh Jen, um, Andrew actually called the whole congregation to a fast, okay? The early, we're now 46 congregations meeting throughout the Cape and beyond. And, um, and it, but it's at one stage, I think it was about 400 people, and it was all meeting in Sunningdale where these guys come from. And the, Andrew actually called the whole church to fast because they got news that actually one of the couples in the church um, were expecting, they were expecting one of these beautiful creations. So I'm just using it so that everyone's attention can come back after the kids have left the building. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Matt in the green. Sorry, bro. <laughs> and, and, and so Andrew's, Andrew says, guys, I want us to fast. And now all of a sudden you hear, yeah, fast. There's only a certain amount of things that you fast for. Guys really struggle with that. Eh? The, I spoke to Jacques last week. He says, yes, bro. And I said, have, you seen, have you seen his body, bro? This, can't, this thing can't fast, bro. I'm like, and, uh, <laughs> has he opened the eyes of your heart yet, bro? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and, and he calls the whole congregation to fast. Quite a bold, bold move, you know. And, um, and in the, kind of like, well, what's the reason? He says, no, there is a couple amongst us that have fallen pregnant after a while of trying, and they've just been given the news that this baby is basically not making it. There is no chance that this baby is making it. It's, it's bo- it's, uh, there's a heartbeat, but there's very little else. There's no arms, no legs. The thing is, is just breathing, um, and, and there, there really is no hope. That's what's been told by the doctors. And so, actually, if we understand the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth, we understand that actually He has given, there is power in prayer and there is fasting and we can trust God for the healing. He is the creator after all. 
And so as a church fasted, I can tell you right now, like as they fast, that wasn't an easy fast. You're praying for something that's big, small in the Lord's eyes. I think we, we sometimes so, so often look in the natural. So small for God to do, and yet big amongst us as a, as a congregation. And the guys fasted and prayed. I was not yet part of that. And when it came to, t- you know, the times they would do all the, the checkups and all those things, there was a time where the guys were going, guys, you need to abort. There is no ways. And they said, our conviction was that we will never abort. And actually, we will stand and we will take care of, if the baby seems to make it, we'll take care of. But we are standing in God's word and going, should it, should it be his will that he chooses to heal our child? That's what we're going after. That's first prize. And we as a church are standing around and doing this. And the, and the doctors, sometimes hard to see past the, the squ- call them squares. Um, <laughs> if there's any doctors, I'm apologize for it. Um, but uh, in many ways, it's a set pattern of thinking. And uh, looking with a natural eye often. And I know some incredible doctors that look the other way, which is awesome. And so as the congregation prayed and the day came, um, there was this... There was this kind of excitement but nervousness around that well, we've trusted and we've prayed as a congregation and actually the day has come. And so the, it, the WhatsApp start flooding in and, and uh, all the news is coming and she's gone in for labor. And they get to the point and the husband's in the room and the doctor's in the room and some of the, some, I know Andrew and Darby because it was family members are actually there at the hospital waiting and praying. And um, the doctors even just beforehand have this whole sense of, Look, guys, you know, just almost preparing for the disappointment. And as, this, as they're delivering the baby, as it comes out, the doctor that's actually delivering the baby passes out. Bah! Just passes out in a moment. And this baby comes out with arms, with legs, screaming, kicking, crying, doing everything that a normal baby can. That's the power of prayer. And that's the trust, the trust act, act, aspect. Sorry trust aspect that he's asked us to have. And can I tell you right now, that congregation was not the same. It's like you could trust for anything. Seriously. And that was the inheritance amongst the saints. Guys had clumped together and actually gone, we'll, we'll pray for that. We'll fast for that. And all of a sudden, the inheritance, that inheritance comes and you go, oh my goodness, how do we ever, how do we ever speak about any of this to anyone else? Like, how do you understand this? You've got to be a part of this. Jesus would say, just come and see. Just come see. And so that is the glorious inheritance amongst the saints, man. We rejoice together. It's a privilege. Sometimes hard. Really hard, but it's a privilege. And 1, 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as, God, as good stewards of, of God's great, very grace. And so actually there is an element, well, I don't have the gift that Manus has. And, but he, as he bring it, brings it, I'm so thankful. <laughs> because it's actually a part, part I really lack in. And, and as you bring it, I feel like, wow, there's an element of we're together. This, this is part of my inheritance. Is actually, I'm linked to him. It says that we're members of one another. And so as he brings this, so I want to challenge us here this morning. It's like, what is the gift that is placed in you? Because without it, we won't be the same. And God's, God's called us to bring that. And then obviously, we say obviously, the thing that we look forward to most is to actually inherit the kingdom. And what a glorious day that is going to be. 
as we expectantly wait for His coming, but do everything we can do in the meantime to fulfill what He's called us to do. Don't get stuck in the waiting. You have a, uh, we have a, a role to uh, fulfill. What is the gift that He's placed inside of you? Steward that well. Steward it well. He's gone to prepare a place for us. And then the last aspect, <clears throat> and maybe the worship team can come up. I don't want to be too long on this. It's the greatness of His power towards us that believe. And I want to pick up on this because I actually think that maybe there's some here that have never given their lives to God. And that's awesome. And we want to give you an opportunity this morning. And that's exactly what it is. It's an opportunity, uh, an incredible opportunity. And, and I'll explain a little bit more about what that looks like. But I often think, and this is what we're going to read in Romans 1.16, um, that the gospel is not only for those who don't yet believe. And somehow we overlook that sometimes. It's the power of God unto salvation. And He's placed that message within us. In Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And so it's the message. It's the very turning point. It's the very uh, uh, medicine that the, that the Lord is wanting to use to actually turn people. Okay, but there's a realization that He's placed that message within you. And so He hasn't asked you to keep quiet. He's asked you to be unashamed, unashamedly sharing it with others. Sharing it with others. Now there's many elements. There's timing. There's the way to go about it. There's not dropping it, what's it, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments on someone's toe, okay? Not throwing a, a stone into the water just before you try to catch a fish. Okay, there's elements of how we do that and doing it in a way that pleases God. But ultimately, don't let that stop us. We actually ought to share. Does that make sense? And it's a reminder of our inefficiency within ourselves and our dependency on Christ. We've got to come back to the, back to the point that actually it's Christ within me. There's nothing of myself. I count it all a loss. No matter what actually our backgrounds and our things that we've come in with, like, oh, I'm a church person. I did this. I served in the nations for this long. I've, I've, Paul says, I've got more reason to boast than anyone. And he says, I count it all a loss for the sake of knowing Christ. And that's what, I, that's what he's trying to do within us. So I feel like he wants to do this morning. Is actually, do we, are we still knowing Christ? Do we still know him? Are we allowing the eyes of our heart to be enlightened? Is there still an element of, God, I, I, I want to know you more. I've come to know you, but I, I want to get to know you. Give me the same spirit of wisdom so that I can understand your ways, that I can grow in the grace and the understanding of who you are, what you've called me to, how I best glorify you. Maybe we can stand. <clears throat>